0: stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Fruit Loop serial killers of color. Listeners get 10% off
1: their first month at betterhelp.com fruit. That's betterhel dot fruit Fruit Loops Season 2, Episode 8, and thank you so much for listening. Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that we don't hear or know much about. Now, contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are white dudes. Did did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) There are many well-documented cases of serial killers of color, and Fruit Loops is a podcast all about them. We will take deep dives into the fascinating lives and crimes of serial killers and true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because, well, the news is racist
0: in an upcoming episode. That's right. So, get at us. So, who are we talking about today, Beth? We are talking about Charles Ng, who is a Chinese American serial killer mm-hmm. who was sentenced to death after torturing and killing up to 25 people with Leonard Lake at Lakes California Cavern. We've heard lots about Leonard Lake, the white guy, the but white this guy. episode <laughs> is all about Charles Ing. Hmm. So, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I just we were talking about this earlier. I just got back from a a party at a neighbor's house. I'm lucky because um, I get along with um, a lot of my neighbors, and we actually formed a wine club. So, so we cool. get together every six weeks or so, mm-hmm. and we have dinner and we taste wine. And really, it's just an excuse to drink wine and talk. <laughs>
1: how fun you're so lucky to get along with your
0: neighbors if my neighbor's house was on
1: fire i would not call the fire department
0: (laughs) and i've I've had neighbors like that before so yeah i do feel very lucky and we've actually gone on vacation together so yeah i am really lucky (laughs) that is very intimate like what kinds of vacations do you guys go on uh we went to rocky Point. Uh, Mexico. Uh, uh uh, we rented a house by the beach. Oh yeah. And we've done, oh, we went to Cottonwood in Arizona. Uh, they have a lot of tasting rooms there for wine. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we went down there and they, they have a community college where they, um, for several years, they were trying to plant the, um, the grapevines for, uh, a wine, uh, program that they have they teach uh how to make wine what and so they have all this yeah they have I got all this my acreage. the wrong thing <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> they have all this acreage with that's planted with uh grapevines but you know they needed people to help them uh plant the vines so we went up there and we planted the vines and <sighs> then we went and drank wine and yeah it was fun Oh, that sounds so awesome. We did oh that my for I think three years in a row until the the vines were all planted.
1: Oh man, that sounds so dope. Yeah. Um, I want to trade lives with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? You just gotta wait until you're old. <laughs> uh, oh man. And then yeah. you get to do all these fun things. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll just keep it. Because 20... I didn't do any I didn't do anything fun when my kids were like well, you know, I did stuff with my kids, but you know, yeah. I didn't do any adult fun things. <laughs> oh man, I
1: cannot wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Me, I am blessed, black, and highly favored. Um, So I moonlight as a singer. Um, It's one of my it's one of my side gigs.
0: (laughs) A songstress.
1: Yeah. Thank you, you. Beth. We are going to be singing coming up soon.
0: Oh, we are. That's true. (laughs) Uh,
1: But it's the holidays. Time for Christmas caroling. But uh, I was set to guest perform at uh, this event, but. Every single person in my family got the stomach flu except for me. Oh my god. It's so bad. I had to bail on the gig. I was cleaning up vomit in the house. Oh, no. In the backyard. Even oh. the dogs were throwing up. Oh my god. That's horrible. <laughs> yes, but I found don't fret not. I found joy <laughs> in the vomit and the shits. <laughs> listening to Michelle Obama's book becoming while cleaning up human and animal waste. Oh god. The book is great, and it, it it really it gave me peace all weekend. So um, oh, I'm goodness I'm goodness. recommending everybody read it. But I'm so good. I, I mean, oh my god,
0: I'm hanging did you on every know word. That <laughs> um, Audible. If you have an Audible account, you know somebody else who has an Audible account. You can mm-hmm. uh, share one of your books with them. I did not
1: know that. I
0: just found out because my daughter sent me Michelle Obama's book. <gasps>
1: Santa Maria, are you serious? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you could do that. A and B, have you started it? Not yet. She just sent it to me today, so I haven't started it yet. Yeah. Oh my
1: fucking like my head. I so uh, so I'm like cleaning up diarrhea and vomit, right? And I'm like (laughs) I'm like okay, now I'm done cleaning up (laughs) diarrhea and vomit. But I don't want to stop listening, so I think I'm gonna go clean something else. <laughs> I mean, that's how good it is. I just don't wow. want. I just didn't. I don't want to stop. And oh my god, it's it is so great. And I'm pissed at my mom because she has an Audible account and she
0: hasn't shared she shit didn't with me. Tell you? Well, no. she might not know. Maybe she doesn't know. I didn't know.
1: I uh, well, I got the book on um, Google uh, Google Books. And on Audible, if you don't have a membership, the book is like 25 bucks. Yeah. But on Google, um, Google Books, um, it's like
0: 15. So oh, okay. it,
1: it was cheaper for me to get it there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So she wouldn't everyone. have been
0: able to share it with you anyway, if you don't have an Audible account. Oh. You have to have an Audible account. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, I'm trash. So anyway, <laughs> but I have the
1: book, so maybe I'm not.
0: <laughs> so let's um, get
1: into our mailbag. All
0: right. <laughs> Where's the angels? There they are. <laughs> Thank you, angels.
1: <laughs> it's all back. right so
0: kala on facebook said first i love the music second i love that they're doing people of color which is not talked a lot about in the news they're super funny and just personable and i want to be friends with them also, <laughs> also i just started listening to it like three hours ago and i'm hooked <laughs> no.
1: hey girl That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's for you, Kala. Oh, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Um, this next n- nice message is from Amber on Instagram. Uh, you, gr- you ladies are awesome, sassy and smart, Wendy. Clever and level-headed Beth. <laughs> you make my work days
0: rewarding. Thank you so Yay. much. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> And I'm glad we're able to make your work days easier. <laughs> <laughs> so glad. So glad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you, everybody who's rocking with us and, and, and listening to us. I cannot believe it. We just surpassed 15,000 oh, downloads. Wow. I can't. That's awesome. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to celebrate and take a quick dance break. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, a quick regular break and get to the story when we come back. So we would like to invite any listeners who have a business to advertise to do it with us. For more information, please email us at fruitloopspod at gmail.com or get ready for your starring role in a thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes, danger and romance.
0: That's right, it's June's Journey, and you play June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series
1: of mysteries. Ooh, you'll put your powers of
0: observation to
1: the test. Sharpen your sleuthing skills, find objects and claim rewards.
0: The visuals are fire. It's like a party for your eyeballs. (laughs) As you play this thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes with danger and romance in full force. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just need to get away for a while, June's Journey is the perfect game for you. It really is a sweet escape. I like to play when I need a mental pick-me-up. There is a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today
1: on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Or check out our website at fruitloopspod.com. All right. So, uh,
0: Beth, are you ready to tell us about the subject that we are going to be talking about today? We're talking about Charles Chitat Ng. Born September 24th, 1960, Uh, he's a serial killer who committed numerous crimes in the United States. He is believed to have raped, tortured, and murdered between 11 and 25 victims with his accomplice Leonard Lake at Lake's Cabin in Calaveras County, California, in the Sierra Nevada foothills, 60 miles from Sacramento
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Wendy, and I'd like to welcome you to Culture Corner with Wendy and Beth. Now, <clears throat> in Spanish, calavera, uh, in plural, it's calaveras, is a human skull, but typically the kind we see in, you know, on Día de los Muertos, the decorative kind. Like, think of the movie Coco. That's a calavera. So, I just thought I'd point that out. Very interesting. <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> um so let's get into some stats <laughs> and uh, so the murders occurred from 1983 to 1985 in Wilsyville, california somewhere in Northern California uh, where I grew up and uh, Ng and Lake abducted, raped and murdered 11 to 25 victims for what authorities thought was financial gain and sexual gratification. Altogether, the bodies um, of seven men, three women, two baby boys, again, two baby boys and 45 pounds of bone fragments would be recovered from the cabin that they rented and built their wild ass bunker in um the known victims are harvey dubs his wife deborah and infant son sean uh lonnie bond senior his wife brenda o'connor and his infant son uh lonnie bond jr uh clifford parento jeffrey gerald michael carroll kathleen allen and scott stapley so now we're going to get into his early life, Ing's early life. We don't need to hear more about, like, there's already plenty that. No- yeah. so many, <laughs> there's already <laughs> enough of them. Let's talk about Ing's yeah. Ng. early life.
0: So uh, Charles Chitat Ing was born in British Hong Kong on December 24th, 1960, to Kenneth Ing, a wealthy Hong Kong executive, and Oi Ping. He was the youngest of three children and the only boy. His parents were thrilled that at last their child was a boy and showered him with attention.
1: Um, I thought they were only allowed to have one kid. Is that? In- um, I might be. I'm sorry.
0: That's in China. This was British Hong Kong. Okay. All right. So maybe that's different.
1: Well. Kenneth was a strict disciplinarian and he kept a sharp eye on his son, constantly reminding Charles that a good education was his ticket to success and happiness. But Charles was more interested in martial arts so he could follow in the footsteps of his hero, Bruce Lee.
0: From an early age, he had an obsession with martial arts and fire setting and Mm. also had a lifelong addiction to stealing. He was a bit of a uh, kleptomaniac. Uh
1: I'll say <laughs> and it turns it turns out that led to his downfall so um, we'll get to that later Charles attended parochial school and Kenneth expected him to do all his assignments study hard and excel in his classes but Charles was lazy he was a lazy student and received low grades Kenneth found his son's attitude unacceptable and got so angry that he beat him with a cane whoa this I think is what Uh, tiger parenting can look like. I don't know if anybody's heard of the book, but the term tiger mom or tiger mother or tiger parenting is strict or demanding parenting. Tiger parents push and pressure their children to attain high levels of scholastic and academic achievement using authoritarian parenting methods. The term was coined by Yale law professor Amy Chua in her 2011 memoir, Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother.
0: At 10, Ing became rebellious and destructive and was caught stealing. He disliked Western children and attacked them when their paths crossed. When he started a fire in a classroom while playing with off-limits chemicals, he was expelled. (sighs) Pfft. Uh,
1: don't mess with, don't mess with Ing. Okay. Uh, As a teenager, uh, he was described as a troubled loner and was expelled from several schools. After his arrest for shoplifting at age 15, he went, at his father's insistence, to Bentham Grammar School, a boarding school in North Yorkshire, England. Not long after arriving, a... Megan Marco. Not long after arriving, Ng was expelled for stealing from other students and returned to Hong Kong.
0: Ng moved to the United States on a student visa in 1978 and studied biology at the Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. But he dropped out after one semester. In 1979, in San Francisco, he was involved in a hit-and-run accident And to avoid prosecution, he enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, Ng became a
1: Marine in 1979 with the help, he claimed, of a recruiting sergeant and false documents attesting to his birth in Bloomington, Indiana. (laughs) Although (laughs) U.S. citizenship is not needed to join the military. Um, But after less than a year of service, Ng and three others just for funds, stole $11,000 $11, worth of machine guns, grenade launchers, and other weapons. <laughs> Ng was arrested by military police for the theft of the weapons from MCAS. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> can can Kanohe? Okay. Can, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Can, Kaniohi Bay in Hawaii. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. <laughs>
0: I don't know how to pronounce it either. Okay. So, <laughs> facing court martial, he escaped from custody in 1980 and made his way back to Northern California, where he reunited with Lake. Uh, in 1982, federal authorities raided the mobile home they shared in Ukiah, seizing a large stash of illegal weapons and explosives. Why you guys need all that stuff?
1: <laughs> it's the 80s. <laughs> There's nothing really going on in the 80s. Anyway, I read that uh Ing should have been deported um at the point he was apprehended for these, you know, crimes. Um but Ing was released on bond. He jumped bail and drifted around the state using a series of pseudonyms. Ing was eventually returned to the Marines' custody and pleaded guilty to the theft and desertion charges.
0: Under the terms of his plea deal, he was paroled and dishonorably discharged in 1984 after serving 18 months in the military stockade at the United States Disciplinary Barracks in Fort Leavenworth. Once Ing was released, he went to go live with
1: Lake at a cabin in wilseyville california a little known town in the sierra foothills lake was renting the cabin from his ex-wife what do they call that 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 lady cricket
0: yes cookie okay cricket From his ex-wife mm-hmm. cricket.
1: <laughs> we're not sure exactly how the two met many sources said that the two met corresponding through a survivalist magazine another source said they met while they were in the military
0: Yeah, and I I wanted to add that there was a lot of uh, information on these two, and a lot of it clashed. Um, Like one article would say one thing, and another one would say another. So we, we did the best we could to figure out what exactly happened, but there are situations like this where A lot of articles said that they met through a survivalist magazine. Mm -hmm. Another one said something else. Another Mm -hmm. one said they met in the military. I saw one that said they met in college. So um, probably they met through the survivalist magazine, something like Soldier of Fortune or something like that. But uh, we don't really know. You know what these magazines are called. Just a a soldier (laughs) of fortune. (laughs) Just that one. (laughs) Crazy people read it. I was going to say, are you on the Drudge Report regularly? No, no, I don't even know why I know that. (laughs) Um, I think uh, you were saying, you know, what was going on in the 80s that they wanted all these weapons? Well, there was a lot of people. It was the Cold War. And a lot of people (gasps) thought that there was going to be a nuclear war. And Ooh. so there were a lot of survivalists and uh, people who thought that it was the end of the world and uh, they were building bunkers and getting ready for that. So that's what oh, was going on okay. in the 80s. So yeah. I was
1: born in the mid 80s. I missed all that nonsense.
0: <laughs> yeah, too, too young for for that to concern you. <laughs> I, was- I, I remember all of that. I, I thought uh, there was going to be a nuclear war too. I mean...
1: Oh me oh my.
0: Yeah, it was oh. scary.
1: Oh yeah. well. I'm I sorry. Hated the 80s. <laughs> yeah. You hated the eighties. So if I, I were to invite 80s. you to an eighties party,
0: you Oh an eighties do... party an eighties party <laughs> would be fun because you can make fun of all the clothes. But <laughs> Because the clothes were awful. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) That shit was ridiculous. Hey,
1: everybody gets a windbreaker suit.
0: You get a windbreaker suit. And you get a windbreaker suit.
1: (laughs) Everybody gets a windbreaker suit. So, um, let's get into the timeline sort of. Um, this was a difficult one to get exact dates. So, forgive us, we're doing our best. Yeah, we did the best together we could. The story. Yeah. So, take it away,
0: Beth. So, by the time Ing arrived to uh Lake's cabin, Lake had already had his bunker built and had killed two people. Mm. Yeah, he killed uh Charles Gunner who was his best man at his second wedding.
1: All right. And- I'm out of here. This is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Goodbye. And- Bye. <laughs> I think she's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, she, okay, she really I'm a,
0: this is crazy. I have a story to finish, <laughs> but this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was his best man, and he vanished in 1982. Mm-hmm. And then in April of 1983, Lake murdered his own brother. All right, now I'm now I'm really out of here.
1: This goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I'm dead. This is crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah, he
0: murdered his own brother, Donald Lake, who is thirty-two. <laughs> and Leonard Lake's ex wife, uh Balaz, uh also known as Cricket said her former husband saw his younger brother as a leech. And I also heard that um, it was on another podcast that uh, Donald Lake had a learning disorder or uh, he was mentally challenged. And so oh. he he was um, getting disability and that's mm-hmm. why uh, Leonard Lake thought he was a leech. Although, you know, he killed both Charles Gunner and Donald Lake to get their money so you know who's the leech <laughs> who is the leech who, who is the the leech? Leech? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i like this
1: philosophizing <laughs> you're doing <laughs> uh so okay so lake is a fucking nut job he mm-hmm. took his brother his brother and Gunner's money to fund his bunker and assume the identity of Charles Gunner. Lake and Ng believe that the world was on the brink of nuclear Holocaust. Uh, Beth was kind enough to point out that it was the cold war. Lake (laughs) believed that in the aftermath of the annihilation of the human race, he would be charged with the task of repopulating the world with the aid of they're sex slaves. He referred to his plan as Operation Miranda. And I don't know if anybody has seen any pictures of this Mr. Lake dude, but he's the last person I am interested in procreating with. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty gross. yeah, I'm a sucker for white guys, but not, not this one.
0: <laughs> in his diary, he wrote 1983 was the year of Miranda started and abandoned in Humboldt County and restarted here. M is a serious underground construction meant to, one, provide a physical setting for my sexual fantasies, two, provide physical security for myself and my possessions, and three, provide limited protection from nuclear fallout. And Miranda is the name of a character in the novel The Collector by John Fowles, And that's about a man who abducts a woman named Miranda and keeps her imprisoned in his basement. Just curious, Beth, don't mean to put you on the spot, but I know you read a lot of true crimey stuff. Uh Um, Have you
1: read this book or heard of it?
0: I I had heard of it, but I haven't read it. I did read about it. And um, the, the character, uh, the collector. He mm-hmm. he actually collects butterflies, and he's okay. like uh, socially awkward. And he has a thing for a coworker named Miranda.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he comes into some money and buys a house, mm-hmm. and he decides he's going to kidnap Miranda and keep her like one of his butterflies. Oh. And it's not it's not actually um, he he does he kidnaps her and keeps her in the basement, it, but it's not actually a sexual thing. It's um he just wants to her to love him and it all turns bad (laughs) okay yeah okay she never (laughs) loves him and that's what's funny about this story is that uh lake is not actually the only serial killer who who liked this book there's been other ones but um who've credited this book who who just like the book oh okay yeah, and it seems to mm-hmm. me like the moral of the story is you can't make somebody love you. <laughs> uh,
1: maybe they didn't get to the
0: end. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think they understood <laughs> what the, the point of the story was.
1: Ooh, me oh my! Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Lake believed women existed only to cook. And clean and be his sexual slaves and if they weren't performing those activities then they should be put away it reminds me of that Beyonce song let me get you your dinner let me (laughs) so stupid uh, speaking of stupid songs I'm sorry I'm on a tangent you've had wine I've had wine um so so that's my explanation but R. Kelly Uh, has been known to have a harem of women or, or, or women that he's been trapped has had trapped in his home. And um, he's been shunned for this. Um, He has basically been keeping young black women as, as sexual slaves against their will. Yes. So this motherfucker goes to Ethiopia to do a concert and he sings the following lyrics. Did you get your shots? Would you like to come to America? Oh did you God. get your passport? Did you get your shots? Would you like to come with me to oh America? Just ridiculous! And That's the women, the women in the, in the audience are cheering. Like, did you guys not hear the news? <laughs> He's not a good person. Yeah. Anyway. I I digress. Uh, but I just—that's horrible. I, I had to tell somebody about this nonsense that I saw on Twitter. So, so anyway, he thought Lake thought the women should be put away if they were not useful to him anymore as 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 sex slaves. And in one of his videotapes, he is heard to say, "I'm a realist. I am not particularly particularly attractive to women. Still, I'm very sexually active. What I want is an off the shelf sex partner. Well."
0: sorry (laughs) bud doesn't work that way (laughs) lake said i want to be able to use a woman whenever and however i want and when i'm tired or bored or not interested i simply want to put her away lock her up get her out of my sight and out of my life as of this moment i'm going to try and get it lake says it will be interesting to see how far this tape and i actually go Ooh, pig! Yeah, yes. Oh my God! At the cabin lake,
1: and Ing began living out sadistic, murderous fantasies, killing at least seven men, as we mentioned before, three women, and two babies between 1984 and 1985.
0: Authorities believe the number murdered is actually much higher. Their victims were people they knew or were casual acquaintances. One of their Mm. earliest victims were their nearest neighbors, a young couple with a baby boy. They Mm. also killed another family with a young child. The women were kept for days or weeks being raped and tortured, which Lake and Ng recorded on film the men and children were killed quicker,
1: but sometimes they would force the men and children they kidnapped to watch the women being tortured with the videotape capturing the agony. Yeah. Agony of not only the women, but her helpless family as well. The sexual abuse was sometimes so severe. It led to their deaths sooner rather than later. It's horrible. It is horrible. Um, So, I am just going to put this out there. Whenever I hear that somebody was tortured, I know it's bad, but I want to know the details. <laughs> I don't know. So, just me. Anyway, just you, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to know the details. It's bad I, enough to know they were tortured.
1: I want to yeah. know. Cuz I know that- and a lot
0: of people do. But, okay, okay. That yeah. is, it's not just me, but I do. No, no, like, I think a lot of people do want to know the details, but I, I don't.
1: <laughs> like, what does that mean? I mean, were they just slicing them with paper, giving them paper cuts? Yeah, or playing terrible music? What does it mean? That's all. That's all. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So again, we're going to get into more about the victims, the the known and the probable ones. And as we've mentioned, we tried to get as much information about the victims as we possibly could. But as always, there is more info about the killers than the the victims. So anybody listening, if you guys know more details about these victims um, that we're about to mention, or maybe Maybe we missed something. Um, please uh, get into our Facebook discussion group, email us or um, send us a voicemail. Let us know what, yeah. what, what else there is out there.
0: Yeah. So in July, 1984, Richard Carraza and Donald Giletti were robbed in their apartment in San Francisco. Gilletti was killed and Carrazza was wounded. Ng was later identified as their attacker and the gun used in the attack was later found on Lake's property. On July 25th, 1984, Deborah Dubbs,
1: she was 33 years old, and her husband, Harvey, he was 29, lived with their son, Sean, who was 15 months old, in San Francisco. Harvey was
0: selling video equipment and had placed an advertisement in a local newspaper. Debra was speaking on the telephone to a friend on July twenty fifth when the doorbell rang at their family's apartment. Debra Debra told her friend that she had to end the call, as two men who were interested in the items had arrived at their home. Debra, Harvey, and Sean have never been heard from again. Holy shit!
1: Yeah. Sorry, got us. St- How many times have you placed an ad on Craigslist or on OfferUp and had people come to your house to like check out of check something out? To buy,
0: I I actually don't do that, but um, my my daughter did when she lived with me, and it always scared me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, looking back,
1: like it is the stupidest thing I could have ever done. (laughs) I mean, knowing what I know about people getting killed, but you just post the ad on the internet, and you—we have this sort of illusion that if we post it, that an honest person uh, is going to. Um, be attracted to the ad that we post and that an honest person is going to come and look at your items and that an honest person is going to give you money and then you'll be on your way. You'll get the money. They'll get the product. Everybody will be happy. But yeah. that
0: is not always. There's always a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although um, the risk is probably pretty small, but it's still, uh, I won't do it. <laughs> You're a smarter woman than I am.
1: <laughs> or, or I'm a scarier woman than you are. I don't think so. I just dubbed dumb uh, One of the Dubs family's neighbor uh, saw an Asian man leave their residence with a box later in the day. That same neighbor observed an unidentified vehicle drive away from the Dubs apartment on July 26th, the day after the family disappeared. The neighbor attempted to follow the car, but she lost the vehicle in traffic. Shout out to that neighbor for trying.
0: Yeah. A man identifying himself as Jim Bright called Harvey's employer shortly afterwards and claimed that the family moved to Washington. The unidentified man terminated the conversation when Harvey's employer became suspicious. And... uh. Also wanted to note that Deborah was pregnant with their second child at the time of her disappearance. Awful. Absolutely awful. Mm. Uh, October 1984,
1: Randy Johnson was age 36 from San Francisco. He disappeared from a Haight-Ashbury
0: rooming house. On November 2nd, 1984, Paul Cosner, 39, disappeared. Cosner was last seen in San Francisco, California. He was employed as a used car dealer at the time of his disappearance and has been described as a jovial man who aspired to be a writer. Cosner graduated from Reynoldsburg High School in 1963 and Ohio State University in 1967. He moved to California in 1969.
1: Hmm. Cosner had advertised the vehicle for sale in the newspaper and told his fiance, he'd found a potential buyer buyer um, whom he described as weird quote unquote. Uh, He said he was leaving his apartment at 7 30 PM to meet the buyer and would return at 8 PM to watch a television show with her. So sweet. He has never been heard from again. And his 1980 Honda prelude disappeared with him.
0: Police initially believed Cosner left of his own accord and refused to investigate his disappearance. But his sister, whom he was close to, never believed that he left on his own. He had just dissolved a partnership in a used car dealership and expected to receive $35,000 in the deal. He also owned real estate in the area. Not sure about the date on
1: this one. So forgive us. But at some point, Kathleen Allen, she was 18 years old, a San Francisco area supermarket clerk, and her boyfriend, Michael Carroll, he was 23, disappeared. Michael was a suspected drug dealer who at one time
0: was a cellmate of Eng's at uh, Leavenworth. Investigators believe that Kathleen was lured to the cabin when Lake told her that Michael had been shot. She was at work and told her employer that she had to leave. Kathy was one of the two women who appeared on video. In one video, Ing, naked, is seen getting a massage from a nearly nude Ellen. Lake and Ing mentally and physically tortured her and eventually raped and killed her. Clifford
1: Raymond Parenteau was 23 years old. He was employed at uh, Dennis Moving Company, where Ng also worked previously. Um, It has been said that he often argued with Ng. And on January 20th, 1985,
0: Cliff Parenteau disappeared. He was last seen with Ng after winning $400 in a Super Bowl pool. Several of his personal belongings were later discovered in an apartment owned by Ng, as well as the... Wilsyville cabin cliff's brother said that he was a kind person
1: who tried to keep his far-flung family of 11 siblings together by gift giving and regular phone calls he was a nice guy he said choking back
0: tears he liked anybody
1: and everybody
0: jeffrey dean gerald 25 was last seen in san francisco california on february 24th 1985 he worked by day with Ing as a mover and spent evenings playing drums for the band Crash and Burn. He vanished after saying he was going to help Ing move. April or May of 1985,
1: Brenda O'Connor, she was 19 years old, her common-law husband Lonnie Bond, 27 years old and their son Lonnie bond jr was just one years old and their roommate Robin Scott Stapley was 26 disappeared. Lonnie bond had complained to his friends that Lake had made sexual advances to Brenda.
0: Robin Scott Stapley was from San Diego and was the founder of the guardian angels in San Diego. Uh, the guardian angels was a private volunteer group that patrolled high crime areas. Um, I don't think they're a thing anymore. Uh, do you know anything about the guardian angels? I don't, but it sounds very racist to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> when I hear white people patrolling things, i very concerned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or I, I don't know it might have been. I don't know. Um, it, was, it was a big deal in the 80s because um, the 80s was really high crime. There was a lot of crime in the eighties, and mm-hmm. um, they didn't feel like there was enough police patrolling uh, in s- high crime areas. So they they had like they wore berets.
1: Oh and boy!
0: They walked around the neighborhood, but there was I think I'm pretty sure I can't swear on it, but I'm pretty sure that there was a lot of black people who were guardian angels as well. Really? Oh yeah. well. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, then it's okay
1: <laughs> well then it's okay but if it's just, if it's just, look, if just, white, it's guys, just yeah. wiping, white guys yeah white guys <laughs> camo patrolling things we no, need to I come inside sure. the house turn all the lights off and make sure that they don't know we are
0: here it, it was it was a big deal in the 80s um there was a lot of controversy because mm. um they were kind of like vigilantes you know
1: mm, like the men but, like the, the, we live in arizona like those crazy guys at the border yeah what are those guys called i forget they, i don't know what they call themselves minute
0: are they the minute men or, minute, or yeah, um, the, i don't know something like that yeah 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 um yeah you know i'd have to go back and and read up on it um but i I have in my mind uh, um image of, of black guys dressed up uh, as guardian angels as well. Okay. So I, I, okay. don't know. Okay. I don't know. If I it's, an, to, if
1: it's uh, an equal opportunity organization, I'm all I'm okay. about it. If it's just white guys, I'm concerned. I'm just saying. Uh.
0: So Yeah, I don't think it's a thing anymore, but it was okay. it was pretty big in the 80s. Okay. And okay. Uh, Lake had Stapley's identification on him when he was arrested. And he was later uh, identified through fingerprints. Uh, Stapley was. Stapley was. Okay. Brenda O'Connor
1: was taped by Lake and Ng begging for knowledge of her baby's welfare while they taunted her and threatened her and the life of her baby if she failed to cooperate with their sexual demands.
0: Ng is seen cutting away o'connor's shirt and bra as she pleads for her husband and baby it's believed that at the time the video was made lonnie bond and lonnie jr had already been killed i'm gonna
1: say something um yeah, this could be a hot take all of their victims were white people um and i don't think any black I don't think a black person would be like, sure, I'll go with you to your uh, your house, your crazy ass cabin in the woods. Sure, sure. White and Asian guy. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to go over to your house and uh, hang out. No, <laughs> just <it's, laughs> that's crazy. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> uh, so, um, at uh, trial, Brenda's mother said. Uh, that I loved her very much, and she loved me. It's been very hard. It tore my whole family apart. So now um, we're done with the timeline. We're going to get into the
0: investigation. What do you got for us back? The killings came to an end only through chance, having broken a vice they were using to torture their victims. On June 2nd, 1985, Lake and Ing drove to town to get a replacement. The clerk at the lumberyard spotted Ng trying to shoplift the vice and called the police. When police arrived, Ng was gone,
1: having run away. Lake tried to pay for the vice, but was questioned and then arrested after it was found that the car he was using was registered to Paul Cosner. Lake tried to pass off Robin Scott Stapley's driver's license as his own, but he could not pass for 26. He was nearly 40, and boy, did he look
0: it! Lake also had an illegal firearm in the car. And Lake was taken in for questioning. In the interrogation room, Lake asked for a glass of water, some paper, and a pen. He gave the police Charles Ng's name, wrote a note, and then swallowed two cyanide pills that he had uh, somewhere on his body. Mm -hmm. I saw that they were taped to the collar of his shirt, sewn into his shirt, in his belt. Uh, We don't really know where they were, but they were secreted somewhere somewhere on his body. Somewhere on his body. (laughs) So he he took the cyanide pills and then fell into convulsions, and it took him several days to die.
1: Yeah, he didn't die right away, which was kind of... Uh, a surprise to me because I thought people died right away. Right away yeah. from cyanide um, p- pills. I don't know why I'm laughing. Sorry, I'm <laughs> inappropriate. Uh, but I, <laughs> but at least he's a bad dude, and um, it sounds like he didn't go away peacefully yeah. or without pain. So, yeah, so hopefully you know, he didn't. karma is a bitch. <laughs> karma is a biatch. Yeah. Um. yes it is uh the note read dear lynn i love you i forgive you freedom is better than all else i'm sorry mom patty and all i'm sorry for all the trouble love leonard we assume Lynn is Carolyn, okay. Claralyn.
0: Yeah, Claralyn. Yeah,
1: what a crazy name. <laughs> uh, you know, so people make fun of black people for their names, but this is a white lady name we can all fairly
0: make fun of. Claralyn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ing had disappeared, but investigators learned from Leonard Lake's ex-wife as we were talking about Claralyn Balaz or Cricket that mm-hmm. Ng contacted her shortly after running from the lumberyard. She met up with him and agreed to drive him to his apartment for clothing and to pick up a paycheck. She said he was carrying a gun, ammunition, two fake IDs in the name of Mike Komodo, and then she left him off at the San Francisco airport but did not know where he was going. What
1: the fuck are you doing, yeah. Claralyn? <laughs> <laughs> what is... What is what? What's wrong, huh? with okay. <laughs> what wrong
0: with you? Okay,
1: what is wrong? Uh, I. Oh man, some someday <laughs> somebody will need to get into the the, the mentality of this Clara Lynn yeah. individual because yeah. she she um sort of
0: went along with this and she she knew like, what was going on, you knew know? what was
1: going on, and she oh, just she's trash. Anyway. In Ng's absence, the police began to investigate Lake's cabin. The cabin itself was comprised of two bedrooms, a kitchen and a bathroom. Red stains, which appeared to be blood, were found on the ceiling. There were also two small caliber bullet holes in both the living room wall and the kitchen floor. Most disturbing of all, if you weren't disturbed already, was uh, four poster bed in the bedroom that had electric cords tied to each post. A 250 watt floodlight was fastened to the
0: wall. That's fucked up. Yep. The blood-stained mattresses and women's lingerie together with video duplicating equipment all suggested that something sinister had taken place in this remote environment. Elsewhere in the area was an incinerator with fireproof walls and a mysterious looking bunker. The cinder block bunker had a
1: room hidden behind some shelves. The room only six and a half by three and a half feet with a bucket and toilet paper inside thank you was allegedly used by ing and Lake to keep some of their victims captive. The room also had a two-way mirror, so someone from outside
0: could observe the occupant without being seen. Yay. So they they uh, refer to this room as a secret room, and it was hidden behind some shelves, but it's got this two-way mirror in it. How secret can it be? <laughs> right. <laughs> No, nope. <laughs> We're on to you, Ing and Lake. <laughs> Investigators also found charred body parts, corpses, bone chips, children's teeth, bloodstained tools, caches of weapons, personal effects from the victims, and videotapes of Lake and Ing raping and killing in their bunker.
1: The bodies of Robin Scott Stapley and Lonnie Bond were discovered July 9th, about a half mile from Lake's cabin. The corpses uncovered by Sheriff's deputies during a search of an 80 square mile area around the home were found stuffed into sleeping bags and bound together with tape. Merry Christmas. They had been buried three to six months. Jesus fucking
0: Christ. Yeah. 45 pounds of burned and shattered bone fragments were found on the property. 45 pounds. Because of the amount of bone fragments found, investigators believe that the total victim count may be as high as twenty-five. Jesus, Santa Maria, oh Dios
1: mio! They also found Lake's two hundred and fifty-page diary which detailed acts of torture, rape, and murder he and Ng performed in what he referred to as Operation Miranda, quote-unquote, a a fantasy that
0: centered on the end of the world and Lake's desire for sexual slaves. His survivalist doomsday plan would be enacted immediately after the World War III radioactive dust settled. (laughs) Immediately. Here we go.
1: (laughs) All right, let's... Do this. Sit on my dick now. <laughs> it's time to procreate.
0: <laughs> he was building a system of underground bunkers around the cabin in Willseyville in the Sierra Nevada foothills where mindless female slaves would cater to his every need. Uh, we will not be doing that. Seems seems like a solid plan. Seems <laughs> like a solid plan, but have you seen Mr.
1: Lake's hairline? <laughs> It's going to be a little hard for me to get <laughs> get in the mood and ready to procreate. I'm sorry I can't not I cannot do it. <laughs> uh, so Ing was described in the media as a martial arts expert. I'm not sure if he, well, okay. I I wrote that I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that he was really a martial arts expert or if the news was being racist, but I know that he was a martial arts
0: enthusiast. Yes. But um, I don't think he was an expert. I
1: don't think he was an expert, but I, I, I had I a hard he time liked like
0: martial arts.
1: He liked, yeah. <laughs> and you know what, you know what, uh, black people really love Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, Black, black people really love kung fu. It's the idea that this non white person works really hard, kicks ass, and gets the girl. Yeah. And normally um, black men don't don't see themselves in film or media in that way. And so um, Bruce Lee's the next best thing. <laughs> so so a lot of a lot of black dudes are really into kung fu, and that's that's why. But um, I digress. Uh, so I don't know if he was really a kung fu expert. Anyway, the new the racist news said he was. Um, he was an explosive specialist, and he was very good at stealing stuff—a <laughs> professional burglar. Um, and I think the news also said he was a five foot six chameleon, adept at disguises, and looking far younger than his twenty four years. What do you think of how he looked? Because I saw several photos of him, and um, I think he looked twenty four. <laughs> he looked like a young a young point poindexter yeah. i mean like a young hipster like
0: <laughs> yeah I, I he could, wasn't he wasn't would, scary looking mm-mm. Yeah.
1: no very very non-threatening so yeah. um anywho uh we digress now we're gonna get into ing's arrest
0: Inc.'s movement was traced from San Francisco to Chicago to Detroit and then into Canada. And do you remember, uh, I can't remember which story it was, but we were talking about how close Detroit was to Canada.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's the only place in the United States where you have to go. You can go south yeah. to, get <laughs> to get into Canada.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to a podcast and they said that he he uh, crossed into Canada there. And OK. Yeah. Okay. At okay. the time, it was pretty easy to get into Canada mm. that way. Back in the day before yeah. the towers fell. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier to do lots of things. <laughs> The investigation uncovered enough evidence to charge Ng with 12 counts of murder. Ng managed to avoid authorities for over a month, but was finally apprehended in Calgary, Canada.
1: We'll find out he's very good at delays. Yeah. Um, it was Ng's habit of shoplifting that proved his undoing. Leaving a Calgary, Alberta shop, Ng was challenged by security guards over grocery items in his bag. He drew a gun. Not a good idea, bruh. And in the ensuing struggle, one of the officers was shot in the hand. Canadian police charged him with robbery, attempted robbery, possession of a firearm, and attempted murder. More importantly, U.S. authorities now knew where he was. <laughs> gotcha,
0: bitch! <laughs> ing was in a Canadian jail, charged with robbery, attempted robbery, possession of a firearm, and attempted murder. However, because Canada had abolished the death penalty, extradition of ing to the U.S. was refused, U.S. authorities were permitted to interview Ying in Canada, at which time Ying blamed Lake for most of the killings at the bunker, but admitted to being involved in the disposal of the bodies. My spidey sense says you're full
1: of shit, Ying. <laughs> His trial for the robbery and assault charges in Canada resulted in a sentence of four and a half years, which he spent learning about U.S. laws. Okay, here we go. Then after a protracted extradition, extradition, complicated by Ng's lies over his nationality, he was finally brought back to face trial in California in
0: 1991. Ng tried everything to delay the trial. He tried and he he succeeded. He frequently fired his lawyers, uh, changed the location of the trial, and even applied to defend himself. Uh, The trial was postponed for 13 and a half years. 13 and a half
1: fucking years. Okay. That's enough for me to grow pews. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, on October 26, 1998, his trial, considered by many legal experts the most expensive trial in California
0: legal history, began in Orange County. It lasted 8 Months, his defense team presented Ing as an unwilling participant in Lake's sadistic murder spree, but prosecutors introduced cartoons Ing had drawn, depicting murder scenes in the Wilseyville cabins in details that a non-participant wouldn't have known. They also produced a witness
1: who had been left for dead in the killing spree but survived. The witness said Ing, not Lake, had attempted to kill him. I believe this was Richard
0: Carrasa, the guy who was robbed and uh, his roommate was killed. That was yeah, one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. On the witness stand, Ing claimed that he knew nothing about the murders, even after helping his friend bury a couple of bodies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're laughing because it's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, I was like, I don't know about any killings. What's that I <laughs> smell?
1: I smell cow
0: dude you hear. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> On the stand, he talked about how Lake was older and how he'd follow his advice and respect his judgment. <laughs> 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 but okay. he was also seen on camera with Alan getting a massage and he took a shower with her. He claimed nothing sexual ever happened with her. Alright, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here.
1: No, 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 Nobody's gonna believe that for one fucking second. Nice try, Ing On one tape, Ing is heard telling the victim Brenda O'Connor, um, part of the Bond family. Remember, they killed three. People in one family. You can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do you any good. We are pretty cold-hearted, so to speak. By the way, um, I have watched this tape, uh-huh. and Ing doesn't have an accent. He sounds very Northern Californian.
0: Yeah, I heard uh part of a, a something that he said, and and he did sound. He did not sound uh Chinese yeah it was Mm-mm.
1: no i didn't hear any um chinese accent or i mean i know he spent time in england too
0: no was that on um true crime all the time no, or did you watch it uh both both okay never both cuz yeah. the one on true crime all the time i was like is that really him he didn't mm-hmm. have an accent and the way that he talked he sounded like um a really bad actor oh interesting like it just did not sound it did, he, real. i okay i got you, i got you there yeah he sounded like
1: somebody who was acting but it sounded like he was a willing participant it didn't sound like he and so i wonder when he was luring people in um how convincing he was because he didn't sound like a oh i hate to. i hate to quote a racist person but like a foreigner he didn't sound he didn't sound right different. he seemed I mean he he seemed like a regular
0: guy a regular yeah almost kind of guy yeah I didn't hear the the part of the tape the part that I heard was at trial so
1: oh okay okay okay
0: so I don't know I don't know if it was different or what we so I don't know, don't know.
1: But, hey, listeners, if you're listening, you got anything to say? You got anything to add? <laughs> yeah, you know where to find us. Let us
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ing denied that his videotape threats were real, saying they were just bluffs to sexually excite Leonard Lake. Throughout his trial in Orange County, Ng's lawyers claimed that Ng was merely a patsy under the spell of Leonard Lake.
1: I feel like I can't go on without saying, why would you want to sexually excite your friend? (laughs) That Uh, is ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. Uh, (laughs) After years of delays, tons of paperwork and millions of dollars, Ing's trial ended with a guilty verdict in the murders of six men three women and two babies a hey, hip-hop air horn for the justice system yeah. oh, they <laughs> on february 24th
0: 1999
1: a santa Ana jury found charlie guilty of 11 counts of first-degree murder the jury recommended the death penalty and the judge imposed it thank you judge <laughs> so uh where are they now uh, Ng is currently at San Quentin Prison in California. He's 57 years old. He's gotten quite fat. Um, no execution date has been set as he is appealing his conviction. He is, however, on, um, California's Department of Corrections condemned inmate list. And, uh, we've shouted Ear Hustle out before on the show. It's, uh, Actually, it's a podcast done by prisoners in San Quentin, but I have not heard one peep from Charles Ing. So
0: what are you guys waiting for? Uh, anyway, uh, they're probably he, they can't get to him because he's on death row. Is my Ooh. guess? Okay, well, because I don't I don't think people on death row are in like general oh, population. They
1: can get interviews. I think. Oh, can they? I don't they? know. I don't don't know. Get, get us an interview with
0: with this. Dish. Yeah, get us an interview with this crazy-ass guy. Come
1: on, Ear Hustle, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, I know I know that uh, E is getting released from prison, so he won't be able to be part of the show anymore. But come on, guys. Nigel, come on. Are you listening? Come on. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Clarelyn Balaz, also known as Cricket, and she was Leonard Lake's ex-wife, I read that she seemed to know about the kidnappings and murders. But she was never charged with her involvement in them. Uh, and she received full immunity in exchange for her testimony against Charles Get the Ng. the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Although she never testified. Uh, hmm. They called her to the stand um, to testify. They uh, asked her her name and then they said, uh, we, that's all we want. So she did not have to testify. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy.
1: I I do have to say, it must be very nice to be uh, a. <laughs> What's it like to be white lady in America? Man?
0: <laughs> do you
1: sleep good?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know, but this cunt got out scot free, and that is
0: Yeah, that's terrible.
1: Unbelievable. I mean. Oh, man, I, I was just w- watching um, a Netflix series where oh, uh, a black mom um, used her parents' address to get her kids into a good private school. And people do that all the time. Yes. She went to jail for five years that's for fraud. That's total bullshit. Un-fucking believable.
0: Yeah, that's disgusting.
1: But the uh, here's why I think the justice system is so trash because it's not just for everybody. Yeah. It's only fair for some people. And, and and there's these rules and systems and these connections that the judges have with the attorneys.
0: And it's just uh, there's yeah. so
1: much work to be done. And anyway, uh I can't believe that she got off Scot Free. Yeah, she got off Scot
0: free. And-, and as far as I can tell, she's still alive. Uh, She she remarried. Uh, She now goes by Lynn Kessler and she lives in Pacifica, California. Well, um, good for you, Cricket. I'm glad everything worked out for you. (laughs) You I'm sorry
1: about the 25 (laughs) fucking people who are dead at the hands of you Mm. and your fucking trash ass husband. Ugh. In 2001, a San Francisco judge found Ng and Lake responsible for the death of missing auto trader Paul Costner. So, before I snap, let's talk about what's made the killer snap. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Dr. Stewart... Uh, is a psychologist. He testified at um, Ng's trial, described Ng as a 38-year-old classic dependent personality individual. He was abused as a child. Um, He was someone who would latch onto authority figures and do their bidding in order to gain acceptance. Charles Ng was the type of person that would have ended up in South America drinking (laughs) Kool-Aid. Jesus said grass grassian referring to the mass suicide by poison at Jonestown in Guyana he said I don't think he was uh predestined in terms of violence or sadism um he and if this cocksucker knew anything about the Jonestown thing those people did not drink the Kool-Aid willingly. Anyway, um, he didn't know how to be assertive because they don't teach you that in Hong Kong, um, said his defense lawyer, William Kelly. Uh, sounds like another guy who's not <laughs> well versed on people of color or other cultures anyway he wanted to be told what to do said mr kelly as a child in hong kong ing was beaten with change by his father and spent so much time being ordered around that he became dependent on others to tell him what to do he was just like any other kid said alice shum Ng's uh, that was his aunt, Ing's aunt. Um, and uh, she said all this speaking through an interpreter. Um, she said he was a regular kid. He was shy. He was quiet. Um, he grew up watching American war movies and that he had always been fascinated by the military. Ing um, said about Lake that he saw Lake as like a father figure or a big brother um, that he always wanted it and and never had. Hmm. <laughs>
0: One that tortured and killed people. (laughs) One that tortured and killed (laughs) people. Yes, like my pops. (laughs) So uh, earlier you mentioned tiger parenting. And I read that one of the problems with tiger parenting is that although the person might become successful career-wise... They also might have problems with autonomy. They don't know how to make decisions because growing up, all of their decisions were made for them. Ing was a big fat fail all the way around, though. (laughs) (laughs) Not (laughs) only was he unsuccessful, but he was a career criminal with a dependent personality.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: It did seem like he looked to others to tell him what to do, but he was also obviously drawn to the dark side. He could have had a career in the military because all they do in that place is boss you around. Right. But instead, he chose to latch on to some other criminals. So although there is some credence to the dependent personality excuse, I don't buy it totally, it seems to me that rather than just following along with whatever authority figures told him to do, he actually pushed back. He didn't do mm-hmm. everything his father told him to do. He was unsuccessful in the military because he did not do what they told him to do. They
1: mm-hmm, He, he right. stole
0: a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Robin season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was drawn to the criminal element. He kind of did whatever he wanted to do rather than what he was told to do. Um, and maybe Lake was the idea man and the planner, but Ing followed along. Mm-hmm. And he was totally into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was He was definitely... He, he, he certainly didn't ring the bell to ask the bus driver to stop. No, he wasn't like, hey, <laughs> some off. bad stuff's no. going yeah. on over here. He, no, yeah, no, he, he definitely co-signed on all of this yeah. shit. So. so, I mean, um,
0: although he did kind of uh, play a passive role in that uh-huh. he... He was following what Lake wanted to do. It was Lake's plan. Lake was the Mm -hmm. brainchild, but he liked it. He enjoyed it. He wanted to do it. So,
1: I I think you're absolutely right in everything you just said. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah. I I don't, I don't know how they could expect a jury to have believed that he, he was an unwilling participant in in it. They had tapes Um, of him, you know. Yeah. So, nice try, Mr. (laughs) Ng. It did not work. (laughs) And I don't normally have good things to say about the justice system, but I think in this, in this instance, they got it It right. I just, um, uh, sad that, um, Lake didn't get to go on trial. Yeah. Boy, oh
0: boy. Yeah.
1: He oh, was, oh boy
0: that he was awful yeah
1: hmm so now we're gonna get into our um takeaways what we thought about the case uh I do not know I did not know that you didn't have to be a citizen to join the military did you know that no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea um also I found out in researching this case that um lake was a hardcore racist. He hated black people, he hated latinx people, he hated jews, he hated gays. So I don't know how he reconciled his simpatico relationship with him. Um but then I am reminded that sometimes in America, Asians are viewed as white adjacent because their skin color, hair Economic status and education—they're usually pretty successful individuals, and they own businesses, and they—they um, they, um, again, white adjacent. As immigrants, you know, if if they are not already like, um, you know, uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say is, if they're not fresh off the boat, oh, I feel terrible saying that, but if they're not fresh off the boat, as far as their um, impression on uh, Americans as uh, immigrants, they are viewed as the good ones. So maybe at least when Ing first encountered Lake he tolerated him because he was white adjacent or one of the good ones also ing was um uh, his dad was super duper strict and speaking as a child of an immigrant and who knows uh, grew up with lots of immigrants I don't think it's unusual to harshly punish your children with extreme measures, including the use of tools and apparatus. Love you, mom. Especially <laughs> um, <laughs> what I've learned about, um, you know, tiger parenting referring to strict Chinese parents, but uh, that's, that's not just Chinese parents. That's any immigrant parent will tell you, you better get a fucking good education. You better, Better get A's or I will kill you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um and so, you know, me as as a as a millennial or whatever, you know, you might ask your or tell convey to your parents like, hey, you know, that that was hurtful. And if you were to convey to an immigrant parent that something hurt you, their response would be to you, but did you die? Were you hungry? And if the answer is no, then they will tell you to have a big glass of shut the hell up and sit down. <laughs> and but I also think after reading about this in character, that maybe maybe somebody should ask, did you kill anyone? Because <laughs> it's a it's a fair question. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. <laughs>
0: I also, um, going back to the tiger parenting again, I learned that the tiger parenting style was developed basically out of fear of economic hardship. Um, And that makes a lot of sense to me that um, it's a lot more understandable than using abuse to push children to become overachievers. You know, Uh, when you look at it like that, it's like, oh, how awful. But when you think about it, like, oh, they just they're terrified that their kids will not survive. Will not make it. Yeah. So that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I I just wanted to say that I knew we would eventually have to cover this case because it's one of the more famous cases, although most of the stories center on Lake. So I knew we were going to have to cover Ing, but I didn't really Mm want to do it because I knew that I would hate it. (laughs) Oh. It covers two of my most hated elements in a true crime story. Babies dying and torture.
1: Oh, Beth.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> These guys were sick fucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear stories like this about a couple of guys who get together to kill and rape and... <laughs> <laughs> i always wonder how how did the initial conversation get going well, like is there a facebook group yeah <laughs> how, how do you how do you find somebody to to get together and kill and torture people i don't know, know. know. fucks find each other <laughs> like, is, hey i like oh torture do you like torture <laughs> i love torture <laughs> let's go kidnap some women like how the fuck does that even start like I don't even know. I don't even know. And when you put it, when you put it so plainly in those words,
1: it sounds
0: crazy. Yeah, it, well, you it know. is crazy.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. But if you're listening and you know, <laughs> please tell us because we are
0: baffled.
1: So, if you love true crime and you don't want to die, here's a tip for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This segment is not intended to be victim blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. But in my mind, this is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's mistakes. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode and we'll just offer up generic tips.
1: So this was um, a challenging one to come up with um, how not to get murdered tips because this happened in the 80s um, and times are different. Um, But I think uh, it's fair to suggest that we be careful who we trust and trust our guts. Ing and Lake wiped out two whole ass families. Mm-hmm. I feel bad, but if anyone approaches you in a store or parking lot or parking lot of your apartment complex, you do not need to be polite. Stay alive. A woman was stabbed and killed 2 weeks ago when she rolled down her window to give money to somebody in need. Also, now that it's the holidays, it's robbing season. Robberies go up at Christmas time. They go up at tax time and in the summer when people have their windows open. You just have to be on your guard. If you want to help people who have less than you, donate to a charity or organization that has direct, safe access um, and contact with these individuals. Don't put yourself or your family in harm's way by rolling down your window at the freeway or opening your door to somebody in need. I know that it's it could be, I, I always want to just give them something, but the people who need help and want help have access to and know where to get it safely in their communities. So give to those organizations to keep you and those you want to help safe. That's all.
0: Yeah. And I don't I don't remember if I mentioned this before or not, but uh, when I was in college, I took a women's studies class. And mm-hmm. one day the professor told us to close our eyes and think of a homeless person, what they looked mm-hmm. like, what they were doing. And then she asked us what we saw. And everyone saw a man, a man standing on the corner panhandling or something similar, but a man And Mm -hmm. then the professor said, would you be surprised to know that most homeless people are women and children? Uh, We don't see them Mm -hmm. because they're seeking help. They're in shelters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I second donating to charities or organizations if you want to help. People who seek help through these means actually do want help they are uh, trying to get help. Often the people that you see panhandling are drug addicts or alcoholics. I can't say 100% of them are, but a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that a lot of the victims in these crimes were known to Lake and Ing, neighbors or coworkers, things like that. So as mm-hmm. always, trust your gut. Don't be afraid to be rude to people if they give you a hinky feeling, if something mm-hmm. just doesn't feel right or, or you think a guy is creepy. Uh, we're taught in our society, women especially, to always be polite. Yes. Yes. Uh, but if something seems off, it's okay to be rude. Beth says it's okay. So just remember that. Yes. Beth says <laughs> be
1: rude and be alive. Worst case
0: scenario somebody gets offended. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then
1: you get to live. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> be rude, stay alive. <laughs>
1: Amen, 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 amen. I cannot stress that enough. Thank you so much, Beth. That's a good. That's a really good one. Sure, that's a really good one. <laughs> um. So, um. Now we're going to get into the part of our show where we talk about serial killer and crime news. So, what do you have in your news bag, Beth?
0: Well, on November 9th a man punched and stabbed fifty-seven-year-old Anne Marie Washington, a black mother of two, when she oh. got off the subway in Brooklyn. She Yay. was on her way home from work and had just stepped off the subway at the Church Avenue stop in Brooklyn when she was attacked. Oh. The suspect is described as being a white man in his 30s. The man punched her in the mouth and then stabbed her in the chest while calling her a black bitch.
1: Oh, my God. I
0: know. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, Washington is black and a native of Trinidad. The attacker fled. Washington didn't even realize that she'd been stabbed until she got home. And even then, she thought she had been scratched in the chest. But Washington was hospitalized after having surgery for a collapsed lung due to the stabbing. Two days after the incident. Jesus fucking This woman is hardcore, man. She's a tough lady. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But wow, yeah, crazy. And police didn't initially call the attack a hate crime.
1: Are they blind or dumb?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That led to outrage from neighborhood advocates who held a news conference. If this was a white resident, a new gentrifier to this neighborhood, there would be swarms of cops here, said Imani Henry of Equality for Flatbush. Mm -hmm. But when it's a black person who is attacked by a white racist, there isn't anything. Afterward, the NYPD said its hate crimes task force would look into it. (laughs) Police said they didn't have all the details at the time the crime was reported. Advocates said witnesses shot video and there should be surveillance video of the suspect, but police haven't released it. Hate crimes in the U.S. increased 17% in 2017, according to a recent FBI report. Guess why? Uh I'm gonna tell you why.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, because I already have my spice sense <laughs> you know. tells me why. <laughs> Most hate crime
0: victims are black. The NAACP has connected the rise in hate crimes with what they call President Trump's xenophobic rhetoric and racist Woo! policies.
1: Yes. Thank you. Name it, claim it.
0: Name it, claim it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Washington's assault uh, by the white man comes after another high-profile incident in the Flatbush area in October when a white woman falsely accused a 13-year-old boy of sexual assault in a corner store. Gentrification can add to, to these anxieties, and there's been an increase in 311 and 911 calls, informally known as living wall black incidents made in gentrifying neighborhoods to report so-called suspicious activity by black people while they're, you know, getting coffee and, (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. selling mm-hmm. water doing regular ass things yeah. community members have been posting copies of the suspect sketch at the church avenue train station where the incident occurred and other nearby stations they've been patrolling the area and walking women to the nearby bus stops or to their homes after the they exit the station Equality for Flatbush, a local advocacy group addressing issues such as excessive policing and gentrification, is also helping to spread the word.
1: Beth, thank you so much for sharing this story and all of the details surrounding it. Sure. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, uh, I'm recalling a question that we had from a listener in the past who was like, how can I be a better white person? And uh, I, I gave like a bunch of resources, but just be more like Beth. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just be more. Everybody, hashtag be like Beth. <laughs> uh, because this, you, you clearly see that this is crazy. It is crazy. And it's nuts. It, it is. It is crazy, and it's, it's really frustrating to me. Um, Because, again, all this wild stuff happens just to people of color. Yeah. And then people of color are supposed to go to sleep regular, wake up regular, go to work regular as if nothing crazy happened. Um, And answer to these crazy ass white people who don't think that they're racist. Yeah. <laughs> But they are super (laughs) racist, and so we just have to like be nice, and it is maddening. And so, oh man, all this wild stuff. Man, that was a good that was a good bit of of news. (laughs) So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I have not too much news. I know this episode is going on in a bit. You're probably so sleepy. So bye. <laughs> <am I>. um. <laughs> But um, I just have a couple updates. So uh, the self-professed neo-Nazi James A. Fields Jr. was finally convicted of first-degree murder in the car-ramming incident that killed and injured um, dozens. Um, James Fields was found guilty on 10 criminal charges, uh, including first-degree murder of Heather Heyer, remember her, mm-hmm. at the Charlottesville incident where he drove his car into anti-white supremacist protest- protesters. Hip-hop so air for that news. Hip-hop air for that. Hip-hop, for that. Hip-hop yes. air yes. Also, another update, Amber Geyer, the Dallas police officer who killed Botham um, after she entered his home, mistaking it for hers. Nege, by the way, Nege is a griffin word. I've told you I'm Central American uh-huh. and griffin. Nege means yeah, right. Or <laughs> supposedly. Uh, so uh, she mistook his apartment for hers, nege, and then shot and killed him. Um, she was at first charged with manslaughter, but the charge has been increased to murder. So that's a step in the right direction. So that is good news. <laughs> Hip hop air horn. Yeah. Hip hop air horn. So now we're going to get into the part of our show where we shout out any content. Basically, any content that is true crime related and doesn't have anything to do with straight white guys. <laughs> so, so um, in the dark podcast, uh, it's about Curtis Flowers, a black man in a small town in Mississippi who has spent 21 years fighting for his life and the DA who has spent the same time trying to execute him. there are there were four people murdered at a furniture store called uh, tardy furniture in this little town in the dark is a podcast produced by american public media hosted and narrated by madeline baron the series features investigative journalism and an in-depth reporting by the way emmett till was killed in the same town oh wow (laughs) Um, flowers yeah so (laughs) they've done this before flowers has been tried six times six fucking times appealed each time and the da just tries the case again the supreme Holy court just yeah it's wild the supreme court has decided um to hear the case and um they will make a decision by the end of next summer on whether this man who's been tried six times appealed every time and um the court has found that you know the da acted um uh, Improperly or inappropriately, or they uh, with, withheld evidence from the defense to uh, help this man's case. That that all that there's a lot of fuckery going on.
0: Yeah, so, no joke.
1: So hopefully the Supreme Court gets it right. Um, we'll see. But anyway,
0: um, yeah, that's, that's in the dark. It's a really really good to show. So uh, what do that. you got, Beth? Yeah, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the TV show The Rookie. Uh the past the the past the <laughs> cast <laughs> is uh pretty diverse and it's a good cop show. I I love a good cop show. Oh, <laughs> me too. The rookie. The rookie. Yeah, it's a new show. I forget which network it's on. It's a regular network show. Um Nathan Fillion is in it. Like he's a white dude. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. That's all right. But, like I said, the Let cast get is over that. Uh, the cast is pretty diverse and uh I am absolutely in love with Afton Williamson. Uh she plays Officer Talia Bishop on the show. I okay. think she's fantastic. She's okay. she's great. And I, I think she's I've never heard of her or I'd never seen her before. Okay. And I just think uh uh, she's got a good career ahead of her. Afton, I'm I'm looking her Afton up right now. Williamson. Oh dang, she's beautiful. Oh, I've seen her yeah. in
1: several cop FBI type dramas and shows. Past. Yeah,
0: I wonder. Yeah, if I think she, she was, was actually on, on Law and Order. Yeah, uh, I think she was in a Law and Order episode. Yeah, she's good. She's good. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's really okay, good. so you. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so it is called The Rookie. Do you know what network The it's Rookie? On? I'm trying to
0: remember. Um, ABC. 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 Okay. ABC. There you go. It's ABC. on Tuesdays.
1: They're not a sponsor.
0: <laughs> they don't even know
1: anything no, about us. No, they don't know anything <laughs> about us.
0: <but laughs> I just uh, love a good cop show. That's, that's
1: all. <laughs> Ooh, we all do. Ooh,
0: so far, you know It's pretty good. And and Nathan Fillion, he's, he's just funny. I like him. Oh yeah, I he's mean, the goofy he's white guy. He's a guy. white dude, but yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, goofy he's white funny. dude. Yeah, he's funny. He was he was on one of my favorite shows, Firefly, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Not familiar. <laughs> it was it was only one season, and um, was it on TV? Like the TV? Yeah, it was on. It was on uh, Fox.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember. There's another actress on that show that you might know. God hmm. damn it! I'm trying to.
1: The broad who was in, uh, she's on Homeland, and she's she's the dude's wife.
0: Um, Marina M- M- Beck-, Beck. Yeah, she was she was in it. Yep, she was in it. Um, and the one that I'm trying to think of, though, I'm looking at she... Jewel St-
1: Stite. No. Summer Glau. No. She looks like Olivia Wilde, but that's not Olivia Wilde. Summer Glow. No. That's so mm, awful because Gina they... Torres. Oh, That's Christina her, Hendricks, Gina the Taurus. big boobie, the big boobie
0: gal. Oh, Gina Torres. Okay. Gina, Gina. Torres.
1: <laughs> I was going to say the big booby out
0: from, from Mad Men. Yeah, she, she's on, she's on a few episodes too. Yeah. The big booby lady. <laughs> oh man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to point her like that. That's not fair. That is famous. not, right. not that is right. right. That is wrong. Christina <laughs> Hendricks. <that's laughs> Christina what, <laughs> she's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. oh, she is. But Gina Torres is yes. the one I was. And to she think of. is gorgeous too. Oh, Oh, okay yeah. so
1: um well i guess i'll have to add this
0: show that was one of my favorite favorite shows of all time and it was uh, only once there's only one season yeah hmm, how good could it have been Beth? it's really good
1: okay 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 it's really good i'm telling you <laughs> Okay, if you say so, I believe, I believe. You always you always give really good recommendations, so I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, um wow, we're we're wrapping up. I guess it's time I guess it's time to say finally. So, where can the people find us?
0: Our website is fruitloopspod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod. And our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod and links to our sources will be in our footnotes. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash app, which you can download to your phone or you can find online at cash.me forward slash dollar sign Fruit Loops Pod or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page and this will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting there's no minimum and no commitment even a dollar would help thank you everybody
1: who is supporting the show so far we love you girls we love you girls <laughs> we just can't we can't thank you enough so um thanks for rocking with us thanks for fucking with us and this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday so until next time look live guys it's crazy out there
0: They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn in my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee?
1: Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I